Good morning, church. It's great to be with you this morning. I hope that you enjoyed our Vacation Bible School highlight video just a moment ago. We had a tremendous week of kids ministry here at the church with scores of kids, countless volunteers. It was a beautiful week of ministry. Uh, On Thursday, we had our gospel presentation where over 40 children responded to the presentation and 18 children, 18, one eight, became new Christians and believers in Jesus Christ. Yes, that is reason to celebrate. Our missions offering once again this year is going towards a nonprofit agency called Sweet Sleep who provides orphan care in northern Uganda. And you can see how our airplane is right over here, but it started in Belton and it worked its way around the balcony. It passed $7,000, $8,000. It got up to $9,000 towards orphan care in northern Uganda, providing mosquito nets, Bibles, mattresses, and blankets. Kids will be impacted by the gospel this July when prayerfully, prayerfully, our mission team can get off the ground and arrive in Africa to share the good news of Jesus Christ. Pray with us towards that end. Please take your copy of God's Word today. Turn to the book of Proverbs, chapter 20, verses 3 through 7. That will serve as our text this morning. But first... But first, today is the final day of our series entitled The Family Matters. I hope that you've enjoyed this series. I hope more than that, that it's been meaningful for your family. And of course, you know that we've had a theme verse, a theme verse that we've encouraged the church at large to memorize and to hide in their hearts throughout this series. And so today is the day. Today is the day where we as a church are going to quote that verse together without any words on the screen. Are you ready to do it? Are you ready to go? Here's how we're going to do it. Bottom floor, just listen. Balcony, I'm looking at you. I'm looking at you. We're going to do it together. It's Proverbs 24, verses 3 and 4. So balcony, with me, here we go. By wisdom, a house is built, and through understanding, it is established Through knowledge, its rooms are filled with rare and beautiful treasures. Good job, Balcony. First floor, let's give them a round of applause, please. Nice job. Bottom floor, I'm looking at you. You ready? Proverbs 24, 3 and 4. By wisdom, a house is built. And through understanding, it is established. Through knowledge, its rooms are filled with rare and beautiful treasures. Balcony, let's give them a round of applause, please. All together now, Proverbs 24, 3 and 4. Ready? By wisdom, a house is built, and through understanding it's established. Through knowledge, its rooms are filled with rare and beautiful treasures. Church, well done. The book of Proverbs is meant to share with us wisdom, insight, counsel from God. I hope that scripture memorization is a part of your daily walk with God. On the Sunday of Memorial Day weekend, back in May, I asked once again for some help, some sermon illustration help from some of our Sunday school teachers. And so I reached out to the pre-K, the kinder, first grade and second grade, and I asked those teachers to encourage and have their children draw pictures of their dad, to draw pictures of their dad with crayons, with markers. We had a lot of submissions turned in. I want you to see what those submissions look like. (laughs) 
Happy Father's Day to all the dads out there. To the, to the children, to the children and to their teachers, thank you for helping me with that this morning. On this Father's Day, it is my hope and it has been my prayer, it's been my heartbeat that the Christian fathers in the auditorium today would be challenged to face the facts that God intends for them to be the spiritual leader and caregiver within their household. I can only speak for myself, and I've certainly personalized this message today. Dad, Grandpa, it's your work now to personalize this piece of text for you today so that you can apply it to your household in the coming days. I'm not a great dad, but I'm a good one. I'm striving to be excellent. I'm far from the finished product, but I am forgiven. Is that you, Dad, today? Is that you, Grandpa, today? As we look at our culture today, and we've talked about this over the weeks, it can be described as in a moral freefall. Though this might be true, in many cases, God has given children someone whose power and prestige is greater than all the influences of society put together. One person, more than anyone, can make a difference in a young person's life, her or his father. The importance of a godly dad, the importance of a godly father and grandfather cannot... It cannot be overstated. In our passage today, we find five facts for fathers. In respecting God to God's word, I invite you to stand as we read our text this morning. Hear the word of God in Proverbs 20, verses 3 and through 7. This is what God's word says. Words of wisdom, words of counsel, words of insight from God. To you and me today. It is honorable for a man to resolve a dispute, but any fool can get himself into a quarrel. The slacker does not plow during planting season. At harvest time he looks and, and there's nothing. Counsel in a man's heart is deep water, but a man of understanding draws it up. Many a man proclaims his own loyalty, but who can find a trustworthy man? In verse number 7, the one who lives with integrity is righteous. His children who come after him will be happy. The word of the Lord. Let's go to him in prayer. God, we thank you for drawing us to your house of worship today. God, you are our focus. Your son Jesus, our Savior, is our focus today. God, may your Holy Spirit's work be done in our lives this morning. Father, may your word make a difference in our hearts and our minds so that we might live it out, that we might apply it in our Christian faith walk this week, dear Jesus, and that we might be about sharing the gospel, the good news of salvation with all those we come in contact with this week. God, may this, these moments together be powerful. May they be led entirely by your Holy Spirit. In Jesus' name we pray. All God's people said, Amen. Let us turn our attention to the first fact. A godly dad must be a patient man. We find that in verse number 3. A wise man must be patient. One writer translated this verse saying, It is an honor for a man to remain far from strife. But every fool shows his teeth. Have you ever been around an irritable dog that growled and showed his teeth? By the same token, 
Have you ever been around an easily irritated dad who would grumble and seemingly complain and growl at his children? A good dad creates a pleasant, a positive, a patient personality. It would be, it would be prudent for a good dad, a godly dad, to not only abstain from a quarrel, but to also show distaste, a literal disinterest when he comes across a dispute or strife. As this to say, I do not want to have any part of what's going on here. You know, indeed, None of us, none of us, none of us in this room today are unflappable. We know that. Dads, grandpas, when you do find yourself getting worked up, getting angry, instead of spitting out a word or a phrase that eventually I know I will be embarrassed by, instead of simply stopping and counting to ten, try saying either to yourself or allowed a, a verse of scripture. That's why scripture memorization is so important. We hide God's word in our hearts. And in a moment where God's word, his truth needs to rise up out of our hearts, it comes to our mind. It can keep us from going down that broad way that leads to destruction. So dads, grandpas, when there's a moment where it's hard to be patient, let me give you a couple of options. Some scripture references that you could read or quote Ephesians 6 4 in the New Testament it says fathers don't stir up anger in your children but bring them up in the training and the instruction of the Lord a wonderful verse to quote or read in those moments Proverbs 15 1 we know this one a gentle answer turns away anger but a harsh word stirs up wrath again in Proverbs 29.11, a fool gives full vent to his anger, but a wise man, a wise man holds it in check. Make up your mind, gentlemen. Make up your mind to be patient and to learn to make that strategic exit when you might need to do so. Ask God to help you be patient with your children, even when and especially when the circumstances make it difficult to do it. A patient man. A second fact, a second fact is that a godly dad must be a hard worker. A hard worker. Not lazy, nor a slacker, nor a sluggard. Perhaps one of the causes of maladjusted children, troubled children, has been the fact that fathers were too passive and one of the characteristics of not you, but of weak and passive fathers is laziness. I'm talking about the man who comes home every day. Sometimes this happens. But every day, the hardworking man comes home every day, flops in front of the TV, pops open his favorite beverage, and stays there all night long. That is a sad example for me to show my children the lazy man, the Bible says, having neglected to have his land plowed at the proper time. When he asks for or looks for the fruits at harvest time, guess what? The Bible says it's not there. A slacker puts off tilling his fields, 
day after day after day. Or that landowner fails to hold his employees accountable for the work that they're supposed to do. He doesn't hold them to their responsibility. And so again, in due season, when it's time, the land is not cultivated. Dads, let us cultivate. Let me put it another way. Continue. Continue to cultivate in your household by showing that you are a hard worker. Charles Stanley is one of my favorite preachers. And over a decade ago on a New Year's Day sermon, this is what Charles Stanley said to parents at large, to families. And I'll never forget this. Charles Stanley said, if you do not disciple your children... So if I do not disciple my children, he said, the world will do a great job of it for you. If I do not break open God's word in front of my children, if I do not spend time in prayer with my children, and if I do not model service to my children, if I do not disciple my kids, if I don't lead them closer to the cross and to the resurrection, the world will disciple my kids in a grand fashion. CNN will do it. Fox News will do it. ABC, ESPN, they will do it. And it will not be Christ-like. Christian fathers, mothers, grandparents, do not, please, do not. And I mean do not solely rely on the church to do it for you. Lean on us. Lean on us. Look to the church for answers. Most definitely. But do not. Please do not relinquish. Do not give up your most important job. As a parent. To anyone. Disciple your kids. Lead them to Jesus in his word on a regular, routine, natural basis. Let us disciple our kids. Let us be hard workers. Let us be a diligent hard worker. I have some helpful hints for you this morning, a number of them. The first one is this. Helpful hint number one. Give your children an example to follow. Grandparents, give your children and grandchildren an example to follow. It's summertime. Grandkids come to grandparents for the summer. One of my children has already spent like 10 days with grandparents this summer already. They spend more time with grandparents than they do me in the summertime most of the time. So this applies to you as well. Here's my points underneath number one. Actively and often speak about the Bible in your home. Actively and often speak about the Bible in your home. Talk about answered prayer at dinner. Let them see you serve at church. Let them see you serve. Let them hear you worship loudly and with great passion in singing and worship. When you're in the car, when you're in the shower, when you're mowing your yard, let your children hear you sing praises to God. In fact, if you walk in my neighborhood as I'm mowing the yard... You're going to hear me either praying out loud many times or singing out loud. The people think it's weird, but it happens. Parents, grandparents, make it be an active part 
of your life. Give them an example to follow. The last point under number one there. Talk about the church throughout the week. Give them an example to follow. Talk about the church throughout the week, not just on Saturday nights, especially on Saturday nights. We get to go to church tomorrow. We have the opportunity as a family to go to church tomorrow. Are you excited? Let's get ready. Let's prepare. Get your Bible ready. Get your clothes ready for tomorrow. We get to go to church tomorrow. Not, hon, do we, uh, do we have to go tomorrow? No. We have a great opportunity to worship in the local church tomorrow. Family, let's get ready. The third fact, the third fact that we're going to look at today is the fact that a godly dad must be a good listener. If you look there in verse number five, counsel in a man's heart is deep water, but a man of understanding draws it up. A good dad listens well. Man, I'm usually good at talking at my kids. Do you ever find yourself doing that? Talking at your kids? Maybe not to your kids or with your kids? Sometimes even talking down to our children? You're probably not guilty of that. Sometimes that happens to me. Men, let us turn our ears on. Let us open our heart to our children. For our purposes today, you could paraphrase verse number five like this. The thoughts in a child's heart are like deep waters, but an understanding father draws them out. You see, a child's heart is not like a spigot. It's a well. You simply can't go over and turn it on and then turn it off, right? It just doesn't work that way. You, You can't say to your child, typically, especially our teenagers, you can't say, okay, I want you and me to talk right now right here, and here are the topics we're going to discuss. It usually doesn't play out that way. We must give our children countless informal, natural opportunities to share from their heart. Helpful hint number two. Create an environment, create an environment in your household that is good for listening. Number one, make the time to listen. Make the time to listen. And dads, if you are busy with something, and we know that happens because life is rich and full, in those moments when you literally can't give them a moment, you simply tell them, I'm going to come and find you. When this phone call is done, when this Zoom meeting is over, I'm going to come find you because I want to hear from you. Make the time to listen. Number two, remove interruptions. Boy, there are a lot of interruptions that can get in the way in my household. I don't know about yours. A lot of interruptions. That means I must put my phone down. I must tell my younger son, put your phone down. During the basketball game, I must turn the TV off or push pause. I'm big on this one. Have eye contact with them in our conversation. Remove interruptions. Number, number three, resist the urge to interrupt. It can be hard. It can be hard. Don't jump in too quick. Give them a chance to continue to talk. Let them share before you jump in with plan A, B, and C. 
Don't criticize or dismiss their problems or opinions. This one I'm guilty of all the time, sadly. Do not overreact and turn everything into a catastrophe, right? Not everything is a catastrophe, right? Don't overreact. Don't overreact. Ask follow-up questions. Let them know you want them to talk to you. Say, son or daughter, there's nothing, there's nothing that you and I can't talk about. Please come to me. Let us have a discussion. The next fact that we will look at this morning is the fact that a godly dad must be a faithful friend. Look at verse number six. Many a man proclaims his own loyalty, but who can find a trustworthy man? A lot of men say, I love my wife, I love my children. But does that same man purposely take time to spend time with them? Does he attend the extracurricular events of the child? Not the ones that he enjoys, but the ones that mean the most to the child. Does he attend all of those? Do you as a father... As a grandfather, do you seek to meet those emotional needs within your household? You and I must be aware. We must be aware when our loud child is suddenly very silent. When our always engaged child is uninterested. When our sweet-spirited kid is suddenly being unruly and easily angered. Quite simply, fathers, are you a trustworthy person to your children and your spouse? Many persons will say, I'm kind-hearted. Look at me, I'm a giving individual. This can be a common occurrence. But is that man, is that leader of the home trustworthy, merciful, one who keeps his promises, his agreements within his own household? Helpful hint number three. Number three. Men, talk to your kids daily. If your kids are still in the house or if your grandchildren are spending a week with you this summer, talk with them every day. If they are grown and out of the house already, strive to make it weekly. Weekly, talk to your kids. Ask them about their day. And don't take, nah, it was okay. It was all right. Don't take that as an answer. Know their friends. Be aware of their interest and foster growth in that given area. I, personally, I'm a runner. That's my, that's my choice of exercise as a, as an individual. About a decade and a half ago, I went to the doctor and they said I had high cholesterol. And I thought, oh no. My family is littered with heart disease, cancer, diabetes. And I made the decision right then and there in that doctor's office. I said to myself, self, if I'm going down, I'm going down swinging. I'm going down swinging. And after a year or so of meds, In regular exercise, my doctors told me that I had run away from my medicine. That I was doing markedly better after 12 months. Well, I had already fallen in love with running. 
So I've continued over the past 15 or 16 years, typically running 20 to 25 miles a week. And back in late April, I went on a run at my normal location over there off Kegley Road, right? The continuing care hospital there at Baylor Scott and White. The health plan is over there as well. And on my run that day, I ran past the vaccine center that set up. Maybe some of you know where that's at. And on this day, I, I really didn't want to do it. <laughs> like, I spent the better part of the morning trying to talk myself out of going. I didn't want to do it. I just wasn't, I wasn't feeling it that day, I, but I knew that I needed to. And as I began my run, I ran through the parking lot area, and I ran right past the gentleman who was wearing an orange vest, and he was sort of directing traffic this way. And he was directing the traffic to this big white tent where cars drive up, they park, and then they, they start filling out the paperwork for that vaccine process. And he's directing traffic, and I run by this guy. I have my earbuds in, but I can tell he's looking at me. He's pointing at me, and he starts to clap. And, he start, and so I pulled out my earbuds, and he was yelling at me. And he said, you can do it. He said, you can do it. He said, keep going. He says, he says, you can, you can do it. A total stranger, a total stranger took a moment to offer encouragement to me. He cheered me on. He didn't even know who I was. So what went from, I really don't want to do this. I really don't want to do this. What went from that went to, you know what? I can do this. This is my day. I can do this. I mean, talk about a vote of confidence in humanity. He lifted my spirits. Now, I like to say that I, this is running language. I like to say that I PR'd that day. That means set a personal record. I didn't. Um, it was a windy day. I can't stand running in the wind. I barely finished, but you know what? I did not quit. I was infused with hope, with encouragement from a fellow citizen. This man was my cheerleader for the day. He was my cheerleader for the day. And the outcome was positive. It was profitable for me. All of us. And I mean all of us in this room, this big room, all of us need encouragement. Whether you are sitting in the balcony or if you're on the ground level, all of us need to know that there are people pulling for us and that they are there to help us in the challenging moments. Helpful hint number four. I bet you know where I'm going with this one. Help point number four, you probably already written it, written it down. Dads, be a cheerleader for your kids. Be a cheerleader for your kids. I ask both of my kids all of the time. All the time. I ask my two children, who is your biggest fan? That's what I ask them. And they know the answer. It's this guy. They know it. You might be sitting here today going, you know what, Eddie? <laughs> That's not my style. Man, I don't roll like that. I don't talk like that. I don't sound like you. I don't want to sound like you. Um, you know what I would say to you? 
I would say, really? Really? I mean, who else are you going to give that role to? Who are you going to give that to? Who is more important than you? Fathers, you must be the answer to that question. Who is your biggest fan? It's got to be you. I would say, I'll be bold. I'll be bold. If there is something in your life, in your family, that impedes this role, then get rid of it. Dad, your presence matters. Your time matters, Father. Pops, your words, your actions, they matter. Your family matters to God. And I pray that it matters to you too. Our final fact of the day is that a godly dad must be a righteous soul. Look at verse number 7 with me. The one who lives with integrity is righteous. His children who come after him, the Bible says, will be happy. A good dad is a righteous man. He leads a blameless life of high character and caliber. He's committed to Jesus Christ, to his word, to his church and to prayer. He's an honest man who models integrity for his children. The father who lives a pure life, a life that is honoring to God, shall be a blessing on his children who follow his example both during his life and after his life. The contemporary English version states it this way, good people live right and God blesses the children who follow their example. Helpful hint number five. Speak life into your children. Write it down. Speak life into your children. I told you at the beginning that I've very much personalized this. I'm hoping that you're personalizing this as well. Allowing God's Holy Spirit to speak to you in the moment. Speak life to your children. Every night, every single night, when I put my son down to bed... And that is my job, a job that I will not give up because it gives me an opportunity to cultivate my home. I will not give that job up until it's time for college, just like it did for a sister. Putting him to bed at night is my job. And after our prayer time, this is what I tell him. It might be similar to what you share with your kids at bedtime too, but this is what I say. I say, sleep well, buddy. Jesus loves you. I say, dream about being a Texas Rangers baseball player. That'll tell you how long ago it was since I started this, back when they were good. (laughs) I tell him, dream about being a Longhorn and a Cowboy football player, a soccer superstar, a great golfer, a terrific tennis player, a very awesome um, volleyball player, a great track athlete. I tell him, I love you so much. I say I'm very proud of you for many reasons, Rhett. And then I tell him, I say, be sure tomorrow to show the fruits of the Spirit to everyone that you come into contact with. This is what I tell him every single day. It is absolutely 
A thousand percent. Absolutely the last thing I want him to hear every night before he puts his head on his pillow and goes to sleep. I want him to think, hey, Jesus loves me. My dad cares for me. He wants great and big and fun things for my life. And tomorrow, I need to live my life in a biblical manner. A righteous man, a good dad, is always pointing his children, his wife, his household towards Jesus. He aims his target towards living in a right relationship with God. Through Jesus Christ, by the power of the Holy Spirit, each and every day, all day long. Helpful hint number six. Men, when it is age appropriate, when it is age appropriate, share both your victories and your defeats with your kids. Let them know when you've messed up. And when you need forgiveness, when they are gone and out of the nest, continue to communicate with them. Be involved. Ask questions. Inquire about their faith walk with Jesus. Encourage them in their local church involvement. The promise at the end of verse 7 says that children of such a godly man will be blessed. Happy is the child whose father is a patient man, a hard worker, a good listener, a faithful friend, and a righteous soul. Happy are the children of the dad whose Lord is the one true God. In conclusion, let me share with you a few words penned by some of our teenagers within our youth ministry concerning fathers. I asked this of our youth ministry about a month and a half ago, and I received a stack of submissions about yay high, a ton of them. And I want to share a few with you this morning, I asked them to complete this sentence or this prompt. As a teenager, I want my father to teach me dot, 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 dot. And then the second one was, as a teenager, I need my father to teach me dot, 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 dot. Here's some of them. Madeline says, I want my father to teach me how to grill hamburgers on the grill. Caitlin says... I want my father to teach me how to fly fish. Svetlana says, I want my father to teach me how to overcome failure. Luke says, I want my father to teach me how to change a tire. By far, the top two vote getters were how to grill food outside and how to change a tire. (laughs) The submissions were this thick and by far, those stood out big time. Annalise said, I need my father to teach me how to be courageous and strong. Macy said, I need my father to teach me what love looks like. Corbin says, I need my father to teach me finances and Jesus. Now that's a good combination, right? If Chad Hammonds does his job, Corbin's going to be set up for great success. Finances and Jesus, amen. Sydney says this, I need my father to teach me to march through life triumphantly instead of grumbling along. Wow. Samuel says, honestly, got this covered. I've had him teaching me for a while. 
That's, that's good parenting right there. Here's the last one. One of our teenagers said, My father has already taught me everything. I am 18. <laughs> right? I mean, come on. Words from our kids. Quite the job, yes? Fathers, whether you like it or not, whether you are up to the task or not, whether you had this example in your life when you were a kid or not, by God's design, you and I are a lot like this roll of duct tape. You know I like visual aids. We're a lot like this roll of duct tape. We're all familiar with what this does. It holds things together. When it's used, things don't crumble apart. Things do not fall by the wayside. It sticks things together. You, Christian father, are what God intended to hold the family unit together. This is your role as a godly father. Church, and especially the men here in the room today, our invitation, our response time is threefold. It's threefold. Dads, today, as we've done for most of this sermon series, dads, we invite you. If God is leading you, we invite you to this altar down here at the front to ask and pray that God would help you be that godly dad that he's called you to be. Come and talk to him at the altar. He'll meet you right here. Dad, maybe today you need to have that hard conversation with one or more of your kiddos. They could be in grade school. They could be teenage years. They could be young professionals. Their age doesn't matter. But you might need to be the one to initiate the phone call today. To say, listen, forgive me for not setting the example that God has asked me to do. Or perhaps today. There's one or more in this room and you would say that this sounds impossible. I don't, I don't walk with the Bible all the time. Maybe Jesus has not entered into your life yet. And you need to admit to God that you're a sinner. You need to believe in Him as your Savior and Lord. You need to confess Him. If today is your day of salvation, you're invited to come and make that holiest, that most sacred decision today. Our invitation is for you. If God is at work in your life, step out in faith. Dear Lord Jesus, thank you for hearing our pleas. Help, thank you for, for working and stirring in our hearts, Lord, during these moments of counsel and wisdom and insight from the book of Proverbs. God, I pray that you would encourage and uplift and that you would Love and hug on all of the dads and grandfathers in the room today, God. Remind them that you are with them. That their task, their, their godly role of helping hold the family together is huge. It's big, but God, it's, it's something that you will equip them to do. God, you've prepared them as Christian men to lead the way. And God, we ask and pray that you would stir in the hearts of family units today. And that when families go home this afternoon, that they will... They will be stronger because they've been in your midst this morning, God. Thank you for dining with us during this hour. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. If God is at work in your life, 
come. Thank you for listening. Please feel free to call the church at 254-939-0705 if you need prayer or need to talk with someone. We're here to listen, help, and encourage.